The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. My name is Mark Rizmala, and I'll be your host for today. Joining me is the talented and hardworking Ashley Brummel. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me here today. Really great. appreciate it. It's, it's great to have you. Um, so let's just get into it. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What, what do you do for a living? So I am currently the service sales manager at Christopher Glass Services. Uh, we specialize in um, exterior, interior, glass replacements, reglazes, uh, building facades, inspections, door repairs, handrails, guardrails. I mean, anything glass, we'd, we're involved. And what do you do specifically there for Christopher Glass? Uh, I am the service sales manager, so I am responsible for our estimating and sales team um, and reaching out and trying to develop, you know, new clients and retain our existing clients and um, provide good service to our clients. So you're out there doing a lot of hustling, I assume, right? Yes, a lot of hustling, lots of hustling. So what kind of things do you do to hustle business? <laughs> Well, the fun part is, is I, cha I, cha I chase a lot of broken glass around the city. What does that mean? <laughs> so anytime something breaks, we're there. You know, it's, it's usually the first one to bite the apple. They need this product. Uh, it's a product that they already have. Uh, and most people like to get it fixed because it's either their front door or it's, you know, the facade of their building. Um, and it's usually the person that can get there the fastest because... Uh, with the broken glass, it can become a life safety issue. Um, there is the uh, Thompson Center. I don't know if you recall that, but they had a broken light of glass break. Sure. And it projectiled and ended up causing a like a fatality. Um, and that's because they didn't quickly address the broken light. Uh, and then there was another incident over at the Hancock mm -hmm. where I think it was like 13, 14 years ago. Um, where they had swing stage on the building and you're either, you're supposed to bring the swing stage all the way to the top of the building or all the way down to the bottom of the building. Unfortunately, they left it midway. They walked through, they did the board up. We got a windstorm. The swing stage started slapping the, the Hancock all mm -hmm. around and then ended up falling onto the street and smashing a vehicle. So Interesting. But I assume in addition to broken glass, you're putting up new glass, too, and new construction. Yes. What are some of the biggest projects you've worked on in the city? Uh, Terminal 5 O'Hare was the largest one I've worked on. Um, you know, that was a few years sales cycle, lots of design assist, um, very intricate project being Terminal 5 and, you know, it being a federal project as well. Mm. Um, lot, that was my largest project. Some of my favorite ones, you know, were the Willis Tower. We did all the interior on the renovation of the Willis Tower. Um, we were also involved with the exhibit. Okay. And uh, so they did re refresh the exhibit. Um, some monumental items is like 155 North Wacker. They are, from when I last checked, the, the tallest fins in the world. They're 40 feet tall, um, single spanning. What do you mean by fins? 
Uh, it's it's a glass fin that sticks back, kind of like a shark. Okay. So you'll see glass, and then you'll see a fin to support it. The glass. So these, are, these are big pieces of glass that we're talking about. Forty feet tall. Forty feet tall. Wow. One Amazing. single piece. Amazing. Um, so Christopher Glass, right now you're in the construction industry. It's fair to say that, right? Yes. What, what led you to get into that industry? What inspired you? So growing up, um, my parents owned a trucking company, and they still worked full-time, and um, my dad ended up passing, and uh, he had a big influence in my life, and I got into equipment. I could drive a skid steer before I could drive a vehicle, uh, so I figured I'm going to get into, we were big into earth-moving equipment, too. We, we had an excavation company. Who's with your parents? Your father did? Uh, my fa- my father's your, family. Okay. So uh, my grandfather had an excavating company, and then my parents had the trucking company, and uh, I missed it. So that's why I was exposed to all that equipment. But I always wanted to, uh, it was always a thrill seeker. So I got the great idea that I wanted to be in aerial lifts. Boom, says there's lulls. Um, and then I found Randy Truckenbrot, who gave me my first shot. Um, okay. So like your first mentor or? First mentor and first outside sales job. I call it my first big girl job. Uh, and what was that? What company was that at? Randall Industries off of... Uh, they're no longer around. Um, they were purchased by Sunbelt, but okay, yeah, it's off of Route 83 in, in Elmhurst, ironically. So what did you do for Randall? Same type of thing, sales, hustling? Well, they gave me an underdeveloped area, like a territory, and it was up north, and they said, see what you can do. Uh, and I increased it, I think, by 400%. Mm-hmm. Uh, sold Lake Zurich School great. District, you know, some equipment. Uh, he taught me, he at the time I think was in his early 70s, and he taught me how to drive with a truck and a trailer. He taught me how to load equipment and unload it and do demos, which I thought was really nice um, because I, you know, am a female operating and mm-hmm. it's not typical. So it was really important that I knew my specifications, I knew right. the equipment really well, and I'm really happy I had him as my my first mentor. He made a large impact in my life, and uh, when that's uh, my dad was getting really sick at the time, mm-hmm. so it was really nice to have him around to to lean on on more than just a work sure. basis. Of course, it's always important to have somebody you can talk to and give you advice and when you're stuck on something. Um, some of the construction, the word itself is, is a bit vague because there's so many different types of construction, so many facets of it, so many different, as we know, trades and whatnot in the industry. So here you go from leasing cranes and scissor lifts, and now you're into glass. What was, what was like the learning curve, like learning one, going from one industry like that to another? Well, uh, the equipment industry is a really, a, it's a, it's an aggressive industry. Um, there is a lot of competition. Um, I was involved with ASA, and I won an award uh, in 2015 for our Outstanding Young Professional. Let's go back. We'll, we'll come back to ASA yeah. in a second, but let's just go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. No. Uh, so that's where Christopher Glass approached me. Okay. And that's how I got into the glass business, but before I actually started with them. I, I try to do my due diligence on the different trades and how saturated they are. Um, can we work all year long? Cause some trades can't. 
of course due to you know exterior and interior access and i like the fact that glass breaks so there was always going to be some sort of continuous life cycle of of opportunity and, but how difficult was it to learn that industry? And I'm sure there's various types of glass and glazing and sizes and shapes and oh, engineering. Goodness. It's just there's a whole. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but I love it. It's absolutely challenging. Everything with glass is custom. Exterior and interior are two different animals. Um, you know, new construction and renovation are two different animals. Of course. Uh, with glass uh, and framing, um, you can have thermally broken, non-thermally broken frames. You can have low E coatings, you know, um, laminated glass, bolt resistant. I mean, it's the facade of buildings. It turns into doors or walls. It's very versatile. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are a lot of uh, specifications and different products out there. I'm always learning something new every day, every day. Uh, another thing that's kind of changed things is Especially in Chicago, they're bringing, they're outsourcing a lot of to Chinese glass um, in lieu of the domestic glass, which has caused issues all around downtown. When you say they, who's outsourcing to the city itself, or is it the companies that they hire? Um, I think it's a value-added product decided at the owner contractor level that they're going to find a savings up front. I see. Of, so get to get the bid. To get the bid correct and uh, I guess maximize their dollar at the time but after the buildings put up you know it really can't in my opinion sustain the weathering out here we're finding a lot of impurities in the glass and the nickel sulfide causes it to just spontaneously bust uh, and then you know these poor buildings they're left to get their glass and you have to outsource to ship it over, even one piece of glass, you're looking at a few thousand dollars before you've touched the glass, the labor, right. and then the swing stage, because <clears throat> it's typically an outside set. And as much as I hate to say this, we do live in different times now, so I assume a lot of glass you find that's broken has been broken from bullets and from shootings. It's happened, yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's happened more so now than it, I've ever seen before. I've only been in the glass business seven years, and... Uh, I've never really seen it uh, so saturated with items like that, that especially in service. Um, we asked, you know, what happened or whatnot. And before we used to get really surprised, like, oh, my right. goodness. And now it's become a normality. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but that's just the state of the world we live in right now, unfortunately. Yes. Hopefully things will get better, though. It's remain optimistic on that. Um, I think I wanted to ask you, too. So construction is a predominantly has been it is changing a lot in the past decade or so it used to be a very much male dominated industry did you have any challenges or struggles breaking into the industry because of that yes absolutely um, like what happened i had to grow some thick skin you did. i i okay. felt very uh, you know you you can't be sensitive you know in this industry, I've realized that now I tell myself, leave your sensitivity at the door. <laughs> right. It's the best way to operate. Um, I don't take anything personal. I always try to have fun. Uh, it is, um, it's a, it's a very raw <laughs> industry, I'd like to say, and it can get tough, but as long as you say and what you're going to do and you do it and you operate in, in, a, in a fair manner and you're honest about 
what you're doing, it's going to be okay. Uh, once I got past that thick skin, because I, I think there is a difference. You know, um, some people are going to just judge me by what I look like and think, hey, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or why did they send the damn secretary to this site visit? And that's not who I am. Of course you know? not. Yeah, and so... Got to be confident. Absolutely. yourself. And that's challenged me more to really learn the specifications where I think somebody else might be able to skate on by without knowing the knit grid of things, and that's what's really encouraged me to get involved, know what you're doing, know what you're installing, um, and be very thorough and detailed. But do you find there's less of that as the years go by? Is it getting is it getting better for women in the industry? It is. It's getting easier every year. That's it great. is. It is. When I think back to Randall Industries, I mean, it was it was pretty tough trying to get through the door sometimes. Uh, it either went one way or the other way. Right. I, they either gave me a shot to listen to me, or they just completely turned them off. Now I do find it just more equal where there are more women in the industry now. Right. So it is more of a normality than previously before. And that's great. Um, so what advice would you have somebody that's younger that's looking to break into the construction industry? Don't give up. Be relentless. Don't stop asking questions. Keep learning. Don't take anything personal and leave the sensitivity at the door. That's, that's my best advice. That's, that's great advice. Um, before in your earlier conversation, you mentioned ASA Chicago. Tell me about that organization. That, that's how we know each other. Um, we know it's a wonderful organization of commercial subcontractors in the Chicagoland area. Um, what, what's your involvement with them? I've been involved with ASA since, uh, I believe, 2010 or 12. <laughs> Somewhere in between there, it all meshes. But um, Randall Industries, Randy Truck and Brat, really was adamant about me getting involved with ASA. And I didn't know much about it at the time. And I was invited by Judy Tips from Langford Painting to an award ceremony. And I remember being there and I thought, wow, I, you know, I want to get involved with this organization. And it was filled with people with a lot of knowledge um, you know, and people to help you. Right. Uh, There's a lot of heart there in their organization. Yes, know? yes. And it can be intimidating. Um, of course, like any organization. But Walking in, uh, but they are so welcoming. You know, uh, you could go to anybody and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for this person. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Uh, so that's how I got involved. And then staying with, with ASA, uh, I operated on their expo committee for since day one. Uh, Jim Sokolowski invited me to be part of his expo, expo committee, and I mm-hmm. loved it. And I, I thought it was a great opportunity because you got to meet all the vendors and the general contractors and promote the expo all year long. Uh, then I was able to become the co-chair of the expo committee, which was a lot of fun. It was more involvement. Uh, mm-hmm. I co-chaired along with Cindy Decker, who's a great co-chair as well, uh, from Satellite Shelters. And after that, I moved up to the chair. And then uh, in 2020, I moved up to the board liaison. Um, and I've served as the board liaison for the expo. So I've always loved the expo. I've been involved almost. Well, first you moved on to the board, I think the same time as I did. And then yes. I'm, on, I'm, on the, I'm the liaison to the marketing committee, which is great. Membership committee, rather. It's a fantastic experience. Um, great group of people as well. 
Um, but this expo, tell us a little about the, the last one. Where was it? How successful was it? Yes, this expo was sold out completely. We had 151 vendors. We had a wait list of vendors as well that wanted to get involved. Uh, so that's the first time we've ever had a wait list. So we're really excited, especially with COVID happening. Right. Post-COVID, it's just amazing. Amazing. Get these numbers. We were so concerned, uh, especially immediately after they had lifted everything. How is this expo going to be? Uh, and it turned out great. And we thought, well, well is this you know fluky? We we're going to really find out the following year, which was this past one in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was March 7th. And we realized... It wasn't fluky. We did even better than we did the year before. That's amazing. So taking a step back, so what exactly is the expo? What's the target? What, what kind of exposition is it? So the expo is, uh, it. we team up with the Construction Safety Council. It's two days. It's Mar- This year it was March 6th and 7th. The first day is just uh, construction classes with the Safety Council. And then the following day is the expo. Uh, and the, the expo, you'll... Get in in the morning. There's also construction classes going on. Um, and then you have a keynote speaker. They give you lunch. You can walk all of the vendors. It's com- it's made up of professional members, general contractors, subcontractors, everybody really in, in the industry. You see software companies. You see anything you're looking for you you can are able to source there a lot of equipment companies definitely the place to be if you're in construction absolutely and it's local and in oak brook so it's lots of parking you know free parking which is nice (laughs) yeah it is important especially here downtown uh and it i really think that it it adds a lot of sizzle to the construction industry they they do like a a party afterwards if people want to stay networking Mm -hmm. to network and uh, it's a great time it's a fun-filled day where they have a band and it's a it's a big day it's a big day so with asa chicago you mentioned before you've done some philanthropy work with them and a school called ace mandala want to tell us a little bit about that yeah christopher glass um teamed up with them and we sent a bus and we got the kids on a bus and we brought them to christopher glass and we had them uh, tour our sister company take a step back so ace mandala is a trade school tell us a little bit a little bit about that school yeah they they are a trade school um City. downtown here yeah and it's geared towards the construction industry to help build you know bridge that gap between old age and new age because every year we're finding the construction industry is becoming a little bit less appealing uh, right. <laughs> when you can make you know great money doing software uh, so it's the talent is I think a little bit harder now to secure than previously um, so we they ASA w- raised his money for Ace, and they donated a bunch of laptops and mm-hmm. anything that they need. They would try to help. Well, they wanted to get them exposed to something hands-on, right. so they can see what does the subcontractor do. Do actually day to day on a project, sure. Yeah, and it was great because these kids had no idea, and they had some great questions uh, mm-hmm. when they were there. Uh, you know. It's interesting because you could see who was engaged and who wasn't engaged, but it was nice to get them out. They, we asked them what they thought about it, and they, they, it's not what they anticipated. Uh, 
you know. So that was it was really cool to to get the kids out in there and check it out firsthand. Uh, and these kids, you know, they're they're not always coming from great homes. Right. And, and Underprivileged mostly. Is that what the school's geared towards, or is it any is it, is it open to anybody? I, I you know I'm not sure 100, um, percent but you you can just tell. Um, mm-hmm. and, of course. And there's those that really want to make something of it, and there's those, but you you know they're they're kids. They're they're going through their own items, and so it's interesting uh, to see where they're at on on things with uh, in regards to what they think. What do you think a subcontractor does? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was a great experience. It was a lot of exposure for them. We had them in and we had them tour our manufacturing facility with Griffin Glass and Metalworks and um, gave them lunch and put them back on the bus and sent them back. So it was good. That's great. So on a more lighter note, uh, I heard you bought yourself a dirt bike recently. What kind of things you like to do for fun when you're not out there replacing broken glass or chasing high pro- high profile construction projects or saving the world? Oh, <laughs> I have a lot of fun. I I'm out from Campton Hills area and um, I bought a little bit of a land and I got into chickens and ducks and now turkey and got a German Shepherd. Uh, so I I bought a ATV to you know help around the yard and get things done and I got bit by the dirt bike bug and <laughs> before I know it Facebook marketplace <laughs> got me and I told the I, I reached out and I said hey can I come look at your bike and he says yeah you can come look at it I went there with no money it's a Saturday <laughs> and I get there he said hey can I just sit on your bike I want to make sure my feet touch the ground because I'm short and he goes wait this is for you? <laughs> so yeah. And his son comes out. He goes, this is my son's dirt bike. And he's, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's small. small okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says, you go girl. <laughs> so, uh, what's interesting is it, it was perfect. So I, I'm like, this is the sign. So mm-hmm. I, I had to get some cash. I was like, just hold the bike, <laughs> hold the bike. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. So I came back. And before you knew it, I had a dirt bike. And what's interesting is, uh, they're not as forgiving as motorcycles. Uh, I've learned right. that fairly quickly. So I'm really excited. I'm like, I can do this. I'm confident. You go, girl. <laughs> I get on the bike. I pop a wheel, and it flips and hits the oh, ground. No. <laughs> Five seconds. I was like, oh, geez. So I go back on Facebook Marketplace. Looking for helmets? <laughs> well, I had a helmet. Okay, good. Oh, thank goodness. Um, looking for chest plates, knee pads. <laughs> Full body armor. Full right. body Full body armor, yep. Uh, and then I went back and I tried it again, and I felt more confident with uh, <laughs> everything. And learning to fall was was uh, the first step. So I started learning just the gears neutral first, and it's been uh, challenging. Um, I love to, when I'm taking a break, hit the brake, and I'll just fall over. <laughs> so I, I got a little work to do, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it, and I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited about the whole thing. That's a great metaphor. I think learning to fall is the important first step of any journey you're going to take, anything what you're going to do. You can try a new career, you know, a new, any kind of new avenue in life. It's like learning to fall is kind of... An important, always an important step. So, so. I love that. I agree. <laughs> I like that a lot. I've never thought about it that way. So learn, yes, learn <laughs> to fall and uh, 
that and get yourself back up. Of yeah, course. yes, and get get Persevere. it all back up. So, <laughs> I like to chase the the ducks and the chickens around on the dirt bike. So that's what encourages me to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm sure there's a metaphor there too, but it'll be, it'll be for another day. <laughs> so, just a couple more questions. Um, it's been great having you. Um, what's your vision for the future? Where do you see yourself? Like, not. To, I don't mean to, this to be like an interview question, but yeah. where do you see yourself like in ten years? Hopefully, as the president of ASA, I'd like to at least be there in the next 10 years. Um, That's a goal I've had since the moment I've started that association. I hope that I'm still with Christopher Glass Services. I love working for them. Um, I've been there quite a while. Um, I'm very loyal to them. They've been very good to me and my family. Is there some room for mobility for you going upwards in the company? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's great. I'm sure. That's the great part. You know, we have all these different divisions. There's a lot of opportunity for growth. Uh, You know, the fun part there is I've done every position. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I got to do scheduling. I got to be a... I started off as like a, a sales so you learn coordinator. all the factors of the company's operations then. Absolutely. That's great. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been great. So I hopefully am running the company in 10 years, Abe. And hopefully you're <laughs> taking your leadership role to ASA Chicago. We'll be, we'll be rooting for you. So Thank you. Thank you. Um, just lastly, how can people connect with you? How can they contact you? LinkedIn. LinkedIn? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Ashley Brummel at LinkedIn. LinkedIn. (laughs) I spell my name very differently, so I'll pop up really quickly. Yeah, spell spell your first name for us. It is A-S-H-L-I-I. And why do you have two eyes? Because if I had one eye, I'd be a Cyclops mark. (laughs) Gotcha. Total sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ashley, it was great having you today. Thank you for being the first victim, I'm sorry, guest <laughs> on my first podcast, um, first time hosting today, so it's been a great experience, and thank you for coming, it was great having you. Thank you, thank you for having me, I had a, had a great time, thank you. Okay.